Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast. Where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and I want to thank you for tuning back in. As you know, in the first couple months of 2017, we had a little hiatus, but we um, started back with episode 23, recorded just uh, earlier in March, uh, with um, Brendan and Randon Steinhauser, a husband and wife team um, who are running a full-service public relations company in Austin, Texas. They're doing it with an eight-month-old child now, and um, they also talked to us about traveling the world and uh, time management and working from home and all sorts of cool things. So um, uh, if you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back to episode 23 and listen to Brendan and Randon's story. Um, and uh, also, if you um, are tuning in today, you're going to hear in episode 24 uh, an interview with Jason Harley. He a, lives at, currently in Tallahassee, Florida. He is a personal fitness trainer and has started Farmer Gym, and we are going to hear about his story uh, doing that. Uh, Jason hails from Iowa, has spent some time in California, and f- then followed his wife back to Tallahassee, Florida. So uh, we're going to hear from Jason coming up in just a bit. Also, in an earlier episode of the Agents of Innovation podcast, you probably heard us with an interview of the Currys. Um, a, um, they're really a, a great band. Actually, one of my favorite bands. I've become friends, and uh, they are. Um, they were. We've actually featured two of their songs already on the Agents of Innovation podcast, and we're going to feature another one today called Firestarter off of their new album West of Here. So listen in for the song Firestarter at the end of this episode, following our interview with Jason Harley. Also, um, if you're on Facebook. And who isn't, um, except for maybe my dad, uh, you can like us on Facebook, and I appreciate you doing that. It will help uh, further this podcast. Uh, You're really my marketing department out there, so I really appreciate you doing that. If you go to the search bar on Facebook and type in Agents of Innovation Podcast, you'll uh, get to the page. You can like it. Um, You'll also see the blog post we do for every episode, and perhaps you can share some of the posts on your own Facebook page. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Agent Innovation, and please share and retweet and uh, and really um, you know make any comments you want, any feedback. Uh, we love to tweet back and forth with you, so uh, really appreciate you doing that. And if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, um, be sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you get the automatic alerts when we have new episodes. And also, um, if you can go to your iTunes or Stitcher page for this podcast and uh, perhaps write a review, that will really uh, spark more interest by others. Uh, So really appreciate uh, you doing that. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to get to episode 24 here. In just a moment, we'll have Jason Harley. Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, Jason Harley. Uh, Jason, uh, thank you for joining us today. Francisco, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Jason is the uh, founder of Farmer's Gym. And uh, if you're not familiar with what that is, uh, he's going to tell us a little bit more. But uh, basically, he's a certified um, personal trainer. And uh, he also uh, has a, um, a reason why he's named this Farmer Gym. But Jason uh, currently lives in Tallahassee, Florida, but hails originally from 
uh, Iowa. And Jason, uh, forgive me, but Iowa is actually one of the six states I have yet to visit. Uh, <laughs> so you'll have to give you'll have to give us the uh, commercial on why we should uh, visit Iowa. Uh, have you ever seen the Field of Dreams when uh, he states, "Is this heaven?" No, it's Iowa. Um, there you go. There's my plug. All right, that's enough uh, for me. Go in the summertime because it gets pretty darn cold in the wintertime. Um, I know it's down in the 50s right now in Florida, but uh, that would be a heat wave in the winter in Iowa. So uh, go in the summertime if you're ever going to go. It's beautiful that time of year. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it, but stay away. Stay away from the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy that every four years they do the Iowa caucus. What is that, like the first week of January or something? Um, yeah, yes. There? Early yes. January? <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, that is a very big thing uh, in Iowa. So we, we take our politics very seriously. <laughs> well, great. Well, um, the uh, well, we wanted to get into. Um, so you're you grew up on a farm, right? I did. I did. Um, it's actually a misconception. Everybody thinks Iowa farm. Um, you are uh, a rare bird if you grew up on a farm. It just so happens I, I fit that uh, Iowa stereotype. Uh, but I did. I grew up on a farm. I lived there for roughly 18 years. The only reason I didn't live there longer than 18 years is because I went to uh, went off to college. But um, I loved it. I, I loved my time on the farm, um, got my hands dirty. I did a lot of um, manual labor. And it's pretty cool because I've taken a lot of those concepts into the, the former gym idea, which we'll go ahead and get to. But yeah, uh, for 18 years, I lived on a farm and I did about everything you would uh, imagine one to do on that farm. So yeah, I did. I grew up on one. Well, so uh, tell me your path then out of, uh, out of Iowa and into college or any other education and, um, and also your, any kind of athletic background. Sure. Um, I grew up. Again, on a farm, I grew up in a small town, so I played about every sport under the sun, um, loved sports, uh, loved everything to do with sports, using the body, uh, became very natural for me. I was going to go and play football and run track at a smaller school in Iowa. Then about uh, two to three weeks before classes were going to start, I decided, no, it just wasn't for me. Uh, I had also gotten into Iowa State University, so I followed my friends to Iowa State. Um, the Cyclones, a lot of people think Hawkeye Cyclones, Cyclones, Hawkeye. So I was a Cyclone, and I was there, loved my time there, and – I did not play sports at Iowa State, but I wanted to still be a part of the gym scene around people working out. So I started working at uh, their rec center. So I worked at the rec center there at Iowa State for roughly four years. So uh, I was very much engrossed in the gym atmosphere. Upon graduation, um, I had to go get a big boy job because I had to pay my bills. So I went to Wells Fargo. Uh, it's a great company, but it was not for me. The cubicle life was not for me. I spent about two years there, and then I just decided, nope, I am going to go look elsewhere. So I went back to graduate school. So I went to a private school by the name of Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I got my master's degree there, and while I was there, I did some strength and conditioning for the Drake Bulldogs. I worked with the football team track team, volleyball team, cross country team. They're very short staffed. So anybody they can come in and work on a volunteer basis. I was a volunteer. Uh, they brought in, I was putting in about 30 hours a week just by being a volunteer, but it was fantastic experience because you have access and you're working with, 
mean, I was working with hundreds of students, so it was wonderful. So I got my degree. I decided, you know what, um, I still need to pay the bills and 30 hours a week is, is kind of taking a dent into the hours I can work. So I then went on and I became uh, an instructor or an adjunct professor at a local college there because I had my master's degree. In conjunction with that, I started teaching or coaching, excuse me, CrossFit. So I dabbled in a different area of fitness. And, and then, what were you uh, teaching in the classroom? Uh, all sorts of different business classes, business classes, as well as uh, sport business-based classes. Um, I actually worked at a couple small schools. One was called Simpson College. Uh, one was called Des Moines Area Community College. So uh, business and sport business classes. Um, taught about uh, five or six different types of classes uh, during my stint there. I actually still teach for one of the schools just via an online format. Um, so I taught classes and then I did the CrossFit thing. And then I met this beautiful, uh, Tallahassean who happened to be moving to Los Angeles. So, uh, to make a long story short, uh, I fell in love with her. I got married to her. She moved me out to Los Angeles and then I got out there, didn't have anything to do except for a couple of my online classes. So I got my personal training certification and just continued where I had been building off of the CrossFit, the strength and conditioning coaching, the being a part of the rec center at Iowa State University. So I got uh, my ACE um, health certificate. I got my ACE personal training certification. I still had my uh, CrossFit certification. So I started um, Farmer Gym, and there is a story behind that, how that got started. But I was doing that teaching and then uh, for a year I worked for UCLA and I worked with their football program. Um, it was actually on a mentor basis, but it was really cool to be around that atmosphere. Uh, so I was doing those three. Were you, were you mentoring uh, some of the players? Yes. Yep. Um, a couple of them are in the NFL now. A couple of them are going to be in the NFL combine. So it was pretty cool. It was I can't say it was always roses and it wasn't always a, a walk in the park, but to look back upon it um, and just sh share some of the stories that that came about are, are pretty darn interesting. Um, so I, I did those three things and then my wife got a great opportunity. So she wanted to move home to Tallahassee and I was absolutely for that. The L.A. traffic was not my thing. So we just moved Farmer Jim here and uh, it's been two years and it's been just rolling forward in an absolutely phenomenal way. I could not be more happy. We've got two acres of land and um, I'm training people. We're running all over the place. Kettlebell swings here, lifting weights over here, bars over here. It's just a, a big two acre playground of pure fitness and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, that sounds fun. Well, I was going to oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm well, I was going to ask you when you started. You said you moved. Uh, you started it in, in when you were in the L.A. area. Um, yes. What 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 did that look like? Did you have a, a physical location? I was. That's actually what I was going to comment on. Um, we were. My, my cousin was out there at the time. She and her husband. Her husband was in graduate school out there at Claremont University, and we went to dinner with them one night. And we were thinking of names uh, to start the personal training company because what I would do. I would travel around to parks, just open green grass parks, and I would bring weights to these parks. And then 
my cousin said, oh, you need to do something like outside, farming, farmer fit. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I grew up on a farm and, you know, some of the most fit people that I grew up around were all farmers because you're always working. It's And you aren't stopping until the job is done. So you're working hard. You're diligent. You know, you're getting your hands dirty. You're lifting stuff. So it fits into the gym men- mentality. And we're, we're just brainstorming. And then – we're driving home, my wife and I, and former Jim, not J-I-M, like, you know, the guy Jim, but former <laughs> Jim. She's like, that's brilliant. Yes, former Jim. You can be former Jim. You're, tra- you know, you're training people here doing this. So then we came up with the, sl- uh, the slogan, your environment is your gym, your environment. I'm training you in your park at your house. Your environment is your gym. Your body is the machine. So your environment is your gym. Your body is the machine. And then it just kind of took off from there. Um started getting more and more clientele and um, <laughs> it, it, it was pretty interesting because this guy who grew up on a farm, I was literally training people in Beverly Hills, California, climb, driving up into uh, the hills, training people at these million dollar houses at, at the at parks next to Fox Studios. I mean, it was absolutely wild. Uh, again, a really, really neat experience. Not necessarily one I, I want to go back to because I love where it is now, but it definitely got off the ground and running in a very unique way. So and let then, me ask you something. How do you, yeah. how do you, uh, um, when you move to a new city like that yeah. and you've got, you know, you know, there's so many gyms out there, right? I yes. mean, uh, yes. you know, there's the big, um, you know, multi-corporation ones. Uh, there's Equinox. small little, yeah, yes. there's the small yeah. little gyms and, you know, there's everything in between. And um, how do you just kind of get one started? And then how do you kind of find a clientele? Oh, goodness. Well, um, you got to work your behind off and keep your eyes open because yes, out there, out there, especially fitness is king. How it happened, uh, when it started, uh, a friend of mine came up to me and said, Hey, I'm moving into a new industry. I'm looking to get, uh, get rid of a couple of my clients. Would you be interested? I said, absolutely. So is more so coincidental that I got my first few clients and then beyond that, it was word of mouth. I think just doing a real – do whatever it is you do, do a good job at it, whether it's making a widget, whether it's selling financial planning, whether it's personal training. If you do a good job, that word of mouth is going to spread. So it led from the first clients and then it just bubbled outside of that. They told them they – came into groups and then it just branched out. So that word of mouth, I'm a huge advocate of that, of that. If you do a good job, it's going to spread. So I was fortunate with circumstances, networking got me in the door and then word of mouth, uh, from reputation helped it grow. Well, great. Okay. And then, and then you decided how long ago did you move to Tallahassee? About two years ago, just, just a little under two years ago now. Um, we've been out here, and uh, this is probably uh, where we're going to end up. I really enjoy it. This is her home, my wife Denise's home. She's six generations deep. Um, so, yeah. So she, had, so she definitely, you know, um, had some connections here, obviously, and, and had some roots here, I should say, more than anything. Yep. And But you were, you were kind of the newcomer. Um, yes, of yes. Of course, an extension of her family now, but, but the uh, – uh, how did you kind of, you know, like I lived in Tallahassee for eight years um, awesome. and uh, it's a great, great town, um, but it's also, it's not a, you know, for people that aren't familiar with it, it's uh it's kind of a, a, a mid-sized town with a small town feel. I, I, that's right. what I say. And uh, um, you've got obviously the state capital and two universities and a community college. Uh, 
and that's pretty much the industry of Tallahassee. Yep. It's really there's not a lot of you know other thriving uh, businesses that get much larger than your you know sort of hometown you know places. Um, yep. What um, how did you how did you manage to move from a metropolis like L.A. Yeah. to to a place like uh, Tallahassee? And, um, and you know, what were some of the kind of pros and cons and, and how you transitioned it? Well, I, I think the biggest pro was my mindset. I was so excited at the opportunity because uh, my vision is to eventually get, you know, a plot of land and build a barn. If you've ever seen Rocky Four, build a barn and put an actual just gym inside that barn where people are running around all over the place. So I was excited at the opportunity because I knew it would get there, but it would have to start out at a much smaller scale. So that was one of the reasons why we would look for two acres of land because I was just going to train people at my house. That's what I do now. And it's going to be the base where we're building upon. Uh, the biggest problem was moving the business to a new location. I started Farmer Jim Grassroots out in Los Angeles, built it up. And then it basically gets torn down and you're moving to a new location and you're starting all over over again. So you have to network again. You've got to build that rapport with people. You've got to get that positive word of mouth. You've got to do a good job all over again. So the hurdle was tearing down what began and then starting over again. So I, I think the hope that went with what will be, what can be, what is going to be. Uh, has been driving me. And then just the starting over uh, again was probably the biggest uh, pain in the butt. I mean, you know, from listening to everybody, you know, you've got to start over with your marketing. How do you market to this clientele in Tallahassee, Florida, as opposed to Los Angeles, California? It is a different market. Price points are going to be different. Different things are going to appeal to various individuals. It's a, a state run town. I mean, you've got your government, your your colleges out there. You've got people wanting to run around in the sun with their shirts off. And there, you got entrepreneurs over here, bankers over here, attorneys over here. It's, it is different. So uh, yeah, and you know, and, and, and in this in this particular industry you're in, uh, it's so dependent on the clients, right? I mean, you, you, yes. you have, it's not like you can move across the country and you're like in finance and you can still keep those clients. You've got to right. right now now, but how did, uh, uh, I noticed uh, on your website you've got videos. Obviously, you've also got some publications. I want to get to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, ha ha have you been able to? I mean, you're bringing your 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 knowledge and your background and your resume mm -hmm. in a sense uh, yes. to Tallahassee, so everybody knows. Oh, hey, this guy's here's what he's done. He's got a lot of experience. Um, but uh, what are yeah what what kind of things were you able to kind of um, you know you had to kind of start from scratch in a new town, but that you were able to kind of bring over. Um, or maintain from from what you started in LA. Uh, well, I was able to uh, a few of the gals. Um, apparently, I left a good impression. So I uh, have I, I brought them over via online training. So still do online training. So that was one piece I brought over. And I think that's good. That that was good for me in the personal um, training context because I can tell people who don't even know me. You know, I, here's something you can you can trust me. I've got my old clients who still want to train with me online, three thousand miles away. So I think that that gives them a That's sense the of the beauty trust. of the internet, right there. Yes. So wait, my and, goodness. And, yes. and you know, um, so and your and your training, you know, maybe we get that get into that a little bit for those, yeah. uh, you know, whether they're familiar with uh, with with fitness or or, yeah. or not as familiar. Um, 
uh, tell us what is your kind of philosophy. I mean, I, I know you you gave us the the quick background of the um, you know the environment uh, being you know um, where you're where you're where you're training and 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 your body being the machine. Yep. Uh, but what uh what what kind of philosophy do you bring that kind of makes you kind of stand out in the field? High intensity. So you've got to be pushing that envelope. Um, you got to be working hard. That's where those results come from. Functional based movement. So uh, movements that you're going to use in an everyday sense. You're squatting down. Your your deadlifting motion where you're going down to pick something up. The ability to carry over fitness into the everyday life. If you're killing carrying your uh, child, for example, groceries. So high intensity, functional, and then tailored to the individual. Um, people have. Uh, various circumstances where they can't or can do something and everybody has a slightly different goal. So as long as it's intense and we're going to be using functional compound movements, your total body, not just your bicep curls, not just your tricep extensions where we're hitting one muscle, we're utilizing the whole group. So we're burning a lot of calories and we're using that kinetic chain, that whole body in unison, uh, to help develop your physique, to help develop a capacity of work, and then just tailoring it to the individual. So I think those three pieces right there, um, that's the meat and potatoes, uh, my little Iowa term right there of what I bring to to the individual in the training. And do you, um, I was noticing you have a new publication out. um, Yes. Farmer Jim Strength and conditional manual. That's the new one, yep. right? Yes. Uh, yes. And that yes. one said in the, um, uh, in the marketing here for it, that this was a 10 week strength and conditioning program designed to improve one's strength and overall fitness level. But it also says this is not for beginners, uh, but it's also not for people who want to be like massive bodybuilders. Right. Right. That's exactly right. This is meant to give you more of an athletic uh, look. It's not meant to just give you mountains of muscle. It can and will absolutely grow muscle um, if you use it uh, right, but it's not going to make you just gigantic and bulky. It's it's a 10-week program where each week you've got four main strength-based exercises. You've got a squat on one day. You've got a deadlift on one day. You have an overhead press on one day, and you have a bench press on one day. I put that together in a calculated set rep concept, and then that changes for four weeks. You have a week off, and then you go through it again. In addition to that, you've got a conditioning, a weight-based conditioning aspect that runs for a half an hour in the book it states 20 minutes to 30 minutes if people aren't entirely used to it i I highly recommend stopping at the 20 minute point but it's 20 to 30 minutes of three different exercises where you're going back to back to back and you just repeat those three exercises for the 30 minutes so your heart when you say exercises are are these still the weightlifting or is this uh, a cardio okay yep yep absolutely so for example um it might state you're going to have uh, six lunges, three each side at a moderate weight, followed by 
15 sit-ups followed by 15 kettlebell swings. And then in that, it's got uh, different graphs and, and different uh, a note section where you can monitor your performance, the exact weights that you're doing. You could jot down, I had to take a 30-second rest as opposed to a 15-second rest here. And then you're just going through that back to back to back. And you're meant to push yourself. You're meant to push yourself to you know, break plateaus, to earn and, and gain that fitness level that you want. So basically you have a strength portion, then you have a conditioning portion. You're going through that four days a week and then there's a one day uh, run and then two days off. So you're gonna go through all that four weeks, a tapering week where you do two runs and some minor movement. And then that's supposed to refresh you to go after it again. And your goal is to beat your numbers. So week six would mirror week one and it has a template to compare it to week one and your hope is to hit higher weight to do more reps than you did before because if you're pushing yourself that little bit more fitness is going to improve it's gonna you're gonna move forward as opposed to become stagnant and your body has acclimated so it should be if you've been pushing yourself enough it should be uh, designed where you're going to surpass what you've done. And I actually just got done with uh, the 10 week program uh, last week and I saw phenomenal results. I, I know I'm com- incredibly biased, but <laughs> it's. Well, it's, your it's, wife's a little biased too because she was <laughs> posting them all over Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's my best marketer. I didn't tell her to do that, by the way, but she's like, you got to put this out there. I'm like, I don't know how without sounding like somebody people probably dislike. So she went and threw it up there and, um, God, we've been having an awesome month. We've already broken a record halfway through, through March with, um, um, manual sold. So, um, things, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, uh, well, one quick question on the, um, on, on this training program that you designed, do you, do you also include, uh, any kind of nutrition or diet, um, suggestions or I don't, and I try to veer from that. Um, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. And in this industry, I think too many personal trainers try to state you need to eat X, Y, and Z. And we actually can't do that without being a dietitian or um, a nutritionist. We can give vague examples like you should think about eating um, you know, a gram of protein per pound of body weight, things along those lines. Uh, but I don't do that. I do state in one paragraph, um, your, your results will be better driven with proper nutrition, you know, get your macros, try to stay away from junk food, things like that. So I don't give nutrition advice and that's the reason why. Great. And um, so you've got that manual, um, and this is all found on your website, Farmer Gym, and that's G-Y-M, not G-Y-M. Farmer Gym, like a gym, farmergym.com, and uh, there's a publication section there. I also noticed you had two previous publications, Farmer Gym's Almanac and Farmer Gym's Two-Month Trainer. Tell us a little bit about those. Correct. Uh, Farmer (laughs) Farmer Gym's Almanac was the first one. And my wife and I were actually in Las Vegas. We, I, I still remember where we were. We were in Las Vegas. We were at, um, we were at Caesars, just swimming in the pool. And she said, "You know, there, there's uh, Farmer's Almanac is an almanac yeah. that predicts the the weather for one year." She said, "Wouldn't it be cool to do something like Farmer Jim's Almanac, where you have 365 days of of workouts?" And I said, "That's absolutely brilliant." So. 
I went to the drawing board and it took uh, quite a few months to to create, but it's Farmer Jim's Almanac, 365 days of bodyweight workouts. Are you meant to use it every day of the year? No, but it does supply you with 365 days of body weight exercises. There's roughly 82 different body weight movements, and they're all structured. Uh, so, for example, day one could be uh, 10 push-ups followed by 10 sit-ups followed by 10 air squats, and then 999888. And then it would show a, a second or day two workout where it's completely different, where you're doing bear crawls or, or crab walk, and then day three – all sorts of different exercises molded together in a manner where we're hitting different uh, muscle groups throughout the stint of the workout. Again, high intensity, so we're burning more calories so that we're getting more bang for our buck in a short period of time. So 365 days of bodyweight workouts plus 50 kettlebell workouts. Kettlebell is a very important tool for me. Um, I believe it's one of the most um, – under the radar pieces of equipment within the, the fitness industry. You can do so much with the kettlebell and it is phenomenal for creating better fitness for help molding a body. Uh, so there are 50 uh, kettlebell and body weight workouts in that book. And then that second one, um, that's, that's essentially uh, eight weeks or two months worth of very, it's a very, very simple routine. And it's a routine that I ran for roughly a year when I was out in California and it worked wonders for me. Uh, it's five days a week. You're either using two exercises or three exercises, um, two exercises, two days a week, three exercises, um, the, the other days of the week. So very simple, only 12 exercises, but you're hitting all the muscle groups in the body, lower body, upper body, back, chest, um, shoulders, and it's just structured in two weeks. Very simple, but you're pushing it. And if you do push it, uh, you should see some awesome results. And uh, the results that I've seen from the friends that have used it, I mean, everybody's um, definitely been happy with, with what they've gotten. So, uh, those are the three books. Well, great. Well, what, um, you know, not every personal trainer out there has their own website like this. It seems very informative and you also have a lot of videos. So if people are looking for specific, you know, exercises or, sure. or, or ways to lift or, you know, however, uh, the, uh, you've got a lot of that on there. Um, how do you think that using, um, the internet, using YouTube, um, all these things has has it helped? In what ways has it kind of helped you market your own self as a brand? Uh, just exposure, exposure, and the understanding of what type of fitness you do. I would say I do the best job on Facebook. I, I think that's just where I feel most comfortable. We've got the most followers, so we get the most engagement there. But um, if you tune in there you can kind of see my style. It, it, it's intense. It's doing sets and repetitions and pushing your body. Your, your body is the machine. I want you to use that machine hard for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, in addition, uh, I give exercise advice. If you want to hit this muscle as opposed to that, try this angle, um, various motivational things. But I've been able to use that and it gets out within the community and I can market it and target it to a specific 
um, niche within the community. And then when I'm out and about, um, or I also train at another gym here in town, I, I do former gym and then I train at, uh, it's called premier health and fitness. It's a, uh, pretty large, uh, gym. Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar for those. Oh. Not, it's probably the, uh, you know, the, the best gym in Tallahassee. I mean, I, I wish I could have gone to it. I just kind of lived on the other side of town. And so, um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. So when I'm there, I mean, through the marketing efforts uh, from primarily Facebook, they're like, "Hey, you're you're that guy, Jim." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I'm that guy." So that has brought me business, even at Premier, at, at another place. So just that exposure and getting my style out and showing that I am competent within the field, that I can help you achieve goals through um, not only just motivation, but you know, science back information that can help you move forward, uh, getting that exposure out within the community. So when they see me, they're already a little bit familiar, so they feel comfortable with me. And then that rapport has been established, even though it really hasn't, uh, create that connection and just roll from there. I've received many, many clients just because of that. Well, and also, um, you know, everybody, there's this like CrossFit, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it a fad, but it's just a craze. I would call it a craze. Absolutely. Uh, And so uh, tell me, how do you compare your style to CrossFit? Similar, different? I I would say similar. I would say similar. Um, Again, we're we're both – I believe in their philosophy of high intensity, uh, functional movement. Um, And (laughs) – They've been doing such a good job and such an incredible job of marketing it. Greg Glassman is the CEO of that company. Whenever I get into a conversation um, about him, about CrossFit, I will only speak highly of it because I think it's brilliant. Physiologically speaking, it has so many good things. I have and a they love. started in uh, California, right? Correct. Sam, did you ever get an opportunity to interact with them out there? The- I did. I actually went to the CrossFit Games. I didn't personally go to the CrossFit Games, but I, I, I viewed it. As an attendee, not as a participant. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't know, Jason. I think maybe we can uh, <laughs> uh, set a goal for you here. Maybe get into the hey, CrossFit Games. Absolutely. I'm just entering into what would be called their Masters Division, 35 and up. Uh, are the so- people in the CrossFit Games basically CrossFit trainers? Or are they just all um, sorts of people? Many are. Many own their own what they call them. They call them boxes. So they're the owners. They'll probably train in there, and then they can train themselves whenever the heck they want. Um, so it's kind of a mix. I mean, it's now moving into there are so many individuals. It's becoming so saturated that you truly have to be elite. So you're getting signed by Reebok or these nutrition supplement companies. So you have – um, you know, thousands of dollars backing you just to train. It's almost like being an NBA player, just not at that pay scale. But um, to answer your question, yeah, many of them um, do train and, and most of them own their own quote unquote box. Um, but I, I did check it out when I was out there and I've got nothing but good to say about CrossFit. I do change my methods just a little bit. Um, again, I don't want to... Um, I I really like CrossFit, but there are some things that I don't agree with and those areas that I don't agree with, um, that's where I differentiate myself. So it's high intensity, functional. I stay away from a lot of the heavy barbell over your head uh, stuff when you're exhausted. I just believe in uh, – I don't personally want to compromise position and 
Um, that's just one of my beliefs. And again, they're, they're doing so many great things that I've got nothing but, um, fantastic words to say about them, but well, in a round, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, so, so they, so they've got the box, you've got, um, essentially a, a farm, farm and a barn. <laughs> yep. We call it strength farm. Everybody strength farm. out there calls it. How strength. many people, I mean, tell me how that works. I mean, this is, this is also the same property you live at, right? Yes. Yes. So, it's so you, might, you must have a very supporting neighbors. wife. <laughs> yes. Uh, who probably is getting in their training with you, I'm sure. So she, she is. She and then is. you've got um so how does and I know she's an attorney and works in the law field and yeah. uh, so she's probably, you know, you know, got a normal job in some sense compared to you no. out there on the on the farm. Um, you're, you're exactly right. <laughs> so um but how does that work? Um I I know you said you spend some of some hours of your day or maybe some hours of your week, I should say, at um, you know, a regular kind of, you know, gym that most people are yes. accustomed to, to getting yep. membership at. Um, how does it work for the average, uh, you know, client of yours that comes out there? Is there individual training? Is there group yep. sessions? How does that work? Yep. Um, that's a great question. Uh, for example, yesterday I had, uh, I was, um, I had group training and personal training out here on the farm. So I would run through the personal training and then we ran groups from four to five. So various groups would come out. I have the equipment all in the yard. So they get there. I state you're going to do X, Y, Z. You have a certain amount of time to do it. And then I'm just monitoring as they're performing the work. If something needs to get modified or a weight needs to get changed or I see that individual is getting incredibly tired and the 40 or 50 pounds they're using, I'm going to change it to 30. I'm always making making adjustments along the way to, I want them to push themselves. I want them to get the best results possible, but they're also going to remain safe while they're with me. That is my goal. Um, so personal training, group training. Um, I spend about half my time uh, at premier at the quote unquote global gym or, or the bigger gym. And then about half my time, personal training, and group training out here on the farm. I think group training is the actual, the absolute best, just because people are pushing one another. They're yelling at each at each other. You can, you know, go get this, beat this number, and being in that atmosphere, it just, you know, it pushes me more. It pushes them more. So it's an absolute blast, especially in the group atmosphere. So I spend about half my time uh, both here and uh, there. Yeah, you know, I think most people um, are really accustomed to going and working out themselves, right? Maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. once in a while go with a friend or a spouse or something. Right. Um, but uh, you know, getting you know, I know growing up playing sports, and even you know, some of my buddies today, if I go running with or whoever, you know, w- when you're in that where you push each other, um, or even you know, you're, when I played tennis and you're out there and you're yep. competing constantly, whether it's in practice, uh, you're always you're always still. I think that's a great mentality that you have. Yeah. Uh, of, of having people out there kind of pushing each other, knowing, knowing they have certain goals they want to hit and they're trying yep. to uh, help each other do that. And, you know, I mean, obviously trainers uh, like yourself do that as well. I, you know, I've, I've worked with trainers and uh, it's um, uh, it definitely when you, go, when you go and you have someone kind of, you know, helping you out, pushing you yep. to get that one extra rep or put those extra 10 pounds on. And normally if you go in there by yourself, you're probably not doing that. Right. <laughs> so. it, it's that accountability, that accountability of a friend, somebody else there. You don't want to let them down, even though you're you, you're at the end of the day, they're going to be happy for you no matter what. But it's just that accountability. It's going to give you that extra piece of motivation, that little bit of adrenaline that you need to go a little bit further. And at the end of the day, that's just going to help your fitness a little bit more. 
Well, Jason, um, I want to thank you for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. For, for Absolutely. For, for those that uh, want to learn more, um, they can go to FarmerJim.com. Um, everything from videos to publications to a blog, uh, his, his, his background and his whole mentality is up there. Um, also, he mentioned he's got a Facebook page. I assume we just find you at Farmer Jim on, if we search in the search bar on Facebook. Yes. Yep. Yep. Farmer Jim. Um, there's going to be a black, <laughs> photo of, yeah, black and white photo of a guy holding a kettlebell. So um, join us. We we'd love we'll that. put that on the Agents of Innovation awesome. uh, podcast Facebook page, too, and uh, uh, with, with, along with this, uh, uh, you know, links to the blog and everything. So um, so everybody should be able to find it there. But uh, is there any uh, final uh, parting words you want to mention to anybody, especially in terms of uh, maybe advice or or thoughts you've had about starting a business, uh, being an entrepreneur, and anything in in this field? I trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. If you believe in what you're doing, if you've got faith in in what you – what you're doing and your vision and your goals. Trust the process. It's not going to be easy. I can tell you when I moved Farmer Jim here, those first few months, I'm like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to stop. This is pointless. But I, I then just stopped myself. I looked at the end game, the goal, and you have to trust the process and work your butt off. Uh, I think being an entrepreneur, um, if you have that working class mentality, you have that drive to put in the extra hours when other people are uh, taking a nap or sitting on the couch or watching whatever TV show they want to watch. If you have that gene in you that wants to work a little bit harder, you can get that business off the ground running and to a point where you're happy, your family's happy, and hopefully it's paying dividends uh, to generations down the road. I'm not to that point yet, but stay diligent. Don't quit. Work your butt off. That simple. <laughs> Work yeah. your butt and, and just keep grinding because that's what it's all about. Well, we've heard that um, some of those themes from uh, many other guests on this uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, I think you said it right earlier in the episode as well here, uh, talking about um, no, no matter what you do, no matter what job you're in, do it well, and that will be recognized. Yep. And uh, I think that will also give you skills. Um, and, and kind of training, if you will, for, for future uh, jobs, even if it's in a completely other field. Um, well, thank you, Jason. Uh, so, Jason Harley, thank you again for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. And um, we look forward to seeing your results. Thanks, Francisco. Really appreciate it. How many Fall in love How many stories can I have How many feelings can I hold And then just let them all out And how many people Can know me real How can I open up my chest And all the right words Rest on the tip of my tongue How many words 
can I tell you that I didn't say to her? I can dip my mouth in honey home, but the sentiment is gonna come from a little bit deeper. You're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like it. But baby, if it's good for you, then it's good for me. Yeah, I'll be a better man when the questions get a little bit harder. But I won't be your fire starter. Fall in love But baby if it's good for you Then it's good for me yeah, I'll be a better man When the questions get a little bit harder Oh I'll be a better man But I won't be your fast starter I won't 